right, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself. He's got some NCAA take hot and ready for you. Give it up for Ian LeBron Morgan. In the kitchen, cooking up the takes. What's up, y'all? And here in the capital city, they call him the Black Steph Curry because the shot is wet. Give it up for your boy, Malcolm Morgan. It's not that good. <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> y'all. When we get this three one basketball game going, <laughs> don't, keep going. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't Wait be fooled. for the footage is all I'm saying. <laughs> What's going on, Ian? It's another two-on-one special, by the way. Me and Ian holding it down. Shout out to yeah. our brother Keith. Listen, man. I know that um I know that 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 the chocolate uh the chocolate thunder, the chocolate wonderkins, we hold it down, but uh but brother, we, we do miss thee. Um, especially at times like these. I know he's gotta be going crazy about these bucks and what they're about to do. That, my friends, <laughs> is what we call forecasting. Yes, kids, that is a tease. Uh, and today we're starting off with some NCAA basketball. NCAA tournament starts this week. We haven't talked a lot about NCAA basketball, to be honest, if we're honest. There hasn't been a lot of takes, have been a lot of opinion. Um, there's, just, there's just so much going on with football and basketball. We just It was hard to pull ourselves away. But now it's undeniable. We got to talk about it. Madness, um, I baby. have done, I did as much of a crash course as I could over the last three weeks watching the end of the regular season, watching some conference tournament games, even some conference tur- tournament games I usually wouldn't watch. Uh, just that's how behind I was on my college basketball study. Ian, how was, how was your studying? I know, I know you like to do like 40 hours over two days of study. For these it's type it's of pretty things. much, it's, it's, it's a separate job, really. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of like to go into the lab. I, I like to tell my children, hey, you know, daddy's going to be asleep for two weeks straight. Um, so that I could really, you know, dive into this, but mm. um, I was not able to do any of that because life is lifing <laughs> super hard. So no, um, you know, I pick up things, you know, here and there, uh, try and check out some game action, try and keep the pulse of uh, what's going on with some players to watch throughout the year, so that if they make it to this point, you know, we can kind of uh, highlight them at this time. And so it's really going to be more of a, you know, my my cumulative knowledge. At this point, um, as far as what's going on, and uh, do got some predictions about what's going, what's to come. So, yes. So we're gonna do something we've never done before in the three one podcast. Ian is gonna go through every all sixty four teams in sixty seconds and give us quick micro takes about all of them. Ready and the clock start. No, I'm kidding. We're not really doing that. Listen, get your rags ready because your ears are about to sweat. Because it's coming at you hot. <laughs> I'm coming at you hot. <laughs> what if somebody just went? All seeds one through twelve, tra- or, uh, twelve through sixteen, trash. All right, starting. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Just to trim this down. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with some teams to watch. Um, I'll get us started here. One team that I have, I made a concerted effort to watch a lot of was Oklahoma State, um, and seeing Cade Cunningham and that team play. And that team is 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 pretty good. They're playing pretty well right now. They're healthy. Um, you know, this was a team early in the year. We weren't sure it was going to be in the tournament. Um, they had NCAA situation. There was a playoff suspension looming, but they ended up appealing it and the NCAA hasn't made a decision. So they get to play in this tournament, which is great for us because this 
this Oklahoma State team is hot. They've got the potential number one pick in Cade Cunningham on this team, and I'm excited about seeing them in a tournament atmosphere. But Ian, what team or teams are you looking at in this tournament to to possibly make some noise or to be dangerous? And Oklahoma State is fun to watch too, and so that's that that adds to the whole thing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing worse. And I'll be honest, you know, I kind of, I kind of, some of these teams are just not fun to watch at all. <laughs> and that's why I mean, a good majority of the couple of of the country they tune in Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight time. Um, but I will be watching from the, from the start. Why? Because I'm a homer in those Cleveland State mm. Vikings, baby. Mm. Uh, they're definitely a team um, to watch. But I wanted to go here. Um, the, the the Ohio Bobcats. I am excited Woo-hoo. about them. Mac Champs, baby. Um, Let's go. Uh, last time they made the tournament was 2012. And so, um, no, but Jason Preston is fun to watch. It's, it's fun yeah. to see, you know, that development. Um, he's had some some pretty big games, has some inconsistency, and so he will need to have some of his uh, better games. But had they beat Illinois, you've been hearing a lot more about them, mm-hmm. and they were not far off from that. So uh, I'm, I'm looking to see him emerge. He's got he's definitely got to improve that free throw shooting um, as uh, as they come down the line. And I know I'm talking player, but also the whole team. Uh, I'm calling Ben uh, Vanderplas, uh, Kevin Love, Light. You know, um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Kevin Love, not 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 Minnesota, Kevin Love, not Fat Kevin, as we as we affectionately call him. But um, but yeah, man, I I really am excited about OU. Uh, Want to see you know how it is that they'll fare as well. Yeah, I I was excited. Obviously, you know, no secret, Bobcat alum in the building. Tough um, matchup. Seem- though. It is a very I, so I'm also a North Carolina fan, and so I'm very intimately acquainted with the, the UVA defense. The years that we've had teams averaging 103 points, and we play UVA, and it's 40 to 30, and I'm like, what <laughs> in the world? Um, but they are they are facing some COVID concerns, some very serious ones after not being able to finish the ACC tournament. Um, they will play, but they may be down some players or some personnel. So that'll be something to watch as we get closer to the, to that game. Um, but man, I would love to see the Bobcats pull off an upset, but man, that's, that's scary. And I'm glad you brought up Cleveland state. That's actually a team I'm looking at as a possible upset in this tournament this year. Um, you know, Houston from a lower, a a number two seed, but they're from a lower conference. Um, Mm -hmm. Cleveland state's coming in hot after a great run in their turn in their conference tournament. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, uh, make a little noise. Um, another team that I have to watch is Texas. Um, we know in the NCAA tournament, guard play is huge, and they have full, They have three senior guards, yeah. um, uh, and none of them are point guards. None of them are shoot guards. They're just ball guards. <laughs> They're all interchangeable. Um, they they had a great run in the um, in the Big Twelve tournament, um, and then they got some young bigs. Jericho Sims, who's a great six six ten six eleven big who can go full length of the court off the rebound, and it's a threat on defense. Greg Brown an athletic freak at the four um, and really just have really filled out this ro- roster real, really shout out to Shaka smart for, um, you know, his job was on the line two or three years ago. And now he's got this, he's got hair now. He's got this team <laughs> in the, he's got this team in the tournament playing really well. And I really feel good about this team and the bracket they're in with the opportunity to make some noise. Most definitely, man. No, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, Cleveland say one of those teams that um, I don't know. 
how they kind of win. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They have an interesting formula. They don't really have a guy. And that's one thing that um, we've seen teams win by committee to a point in the tournament. But um, you do have to have somebody emerge. Yeah. Um, they got some capable guys. Capable guys. Uh, Demoy Hodges had a, a, a 40 spot earlier in the year. Um, he could get hot from deep. I think he went like 10 to 15 from three in that game. Mm-hmm. And he shows up in spurts. But um, between him, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, some of those other guys, somebody would have to step up and, and, and really – um, take on the brunt, especially down the stretch of games, because they play scrappy enough to stay in the game. Just got to have a closer. Yeah, who's the who's the Norris Cole of this team? Who is the Norris Cole? That's what I ask every. Listen, man every every team uh, competition I go into, I just say who who's the Norris Cole here? Like, <laughs> shout out to Norris, man. Shout out to Norris. That was that was an error right there. Norris Cole in college. Yeah, that was the era. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some players to watch. Uh, Ian, what, what players are you looking for to show up on this big stage? Well, unfortunately, uh, one that we're going to be facing here, Quentin Grimes, man. Um, mm. Just looking at some of the some of the footage and and just his shooting touch is uh is something that's scary. Um, oddly enough, you know, uh, I like Sasser, and that was the one who first caught my eye. Um, on that on that uh on that Houston team, but um his first step and his his explosiveness was definitely fun. So I think both of them, honestly, because um, I think when you you got really a perfect storm uh in in Grimes shooting touch and 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 I mean I think he's above like forty percent for the year. Um and it's effortless <laughs> seeing him uh spot up mm. for these. He's one of those guys that can pull up off the dribble as well. Um but then you know uh, yeah, change of pace, guys, and things like that. I look at tandems uh, when you start, mm. you know, you get tournament time because you can have a standout guy, but does he have someone who complements his game uh, yeah. that's really going to cause issues for the defense? And so, um, yeah, the the two of them are are definitely definitely guys that I got my eye on, um, among others, among others. Mm. So uh, I'm going to do a little exercise here. Um, you know, we like to – when we talk about players to watch, you know, I'll bring my guys. Ian will bring his guys. But Keith, what Keith always does is he finds the Cincinnati guy. <laughs> he finds the Cincinnati guy. Whatever team. Facts. During college football, he got he got a little lucky. Found the, found the Cincinnati guy on Northwestern. And then went to the Big Ten Championship game. Um, <laughs> so this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I just want to think about Cincinnati. Miles McBride, West Virginia. Cincinnati Molder played football there. Uh, tough player. You know, he's from Cincinnati, so you know he's good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just what just just the ode to our brother Keith. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati. shout out. You will be represented here, Keith. You will be represented. Uh, so Miles McBride, look out for. Um, first player to watch, easy, Cade Cunningham. Um, yeah. guard out of Oklahoma State. Um, he's looked like the number one pick all year long. Um, his ability to shoot, um, his ability to pass, his uh size, the defensive versatility, um, you know. He, He's just a guy, I think, in this kind of tournament environment that could really thrive. Um, and so, you know, as the as the tournament can sometimes inflate people's resume, make them seem uh, better than they are going into the tournament. We see some guys have great tournaments, and then you're like, oh, they're going to be a great pro. <laughs> right, and right, then right. they don't ever do that. Uh, but Kate Cunningham's been a consistent, led the Big Ten in scoring, or excuse me, the Big 12 in scoring, Big 12 player of the year and freshman of the year. Um, I look for him to have a big tournament. 
um, as well as Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Finally got a chance to watch him this past uh, week in their in their um, WCC championship game against BYU. And BYU was controlling that game for most of the way. And then in the, in the second half, Jalen Jalen Suggs defensively and with his shooting ability, which really surprised me, really took over that game as a freshman. Um, and so this Gonzaga team is the number one overall seed. Um, but Jalen Suggs is a big part of the reason why. They have a lot of other talented um, veterans on that team. Um, also a transfer from Florida, Andrew Nemhart, But but Jalen Suggs is going to be the guy that late in games they're going to look to to make plays. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, and if you're yeah talking about some of these guys that are already getting um, notoriety and national attention, um, I, I got to give some love to uh, Davion Mitchell. Mm, yeah, um, I understand that Butler and Teague they get a lot of the attention on that Baylor squad, but um, no, he's he's got a very refined game, um, and and he's very accurate, and so I'll be looking to see again. I I love seeing that guy that works his way into conversations that people didn't previously have him in, and so he kind of mm. falls in that category for me. Yep. All right, and let's do let's do what the people are here for. Our final four. Now, let's let you guys know. This was actually, I haven't filled out a bracket yet. So this is the first time I'm really looking and deciding. And I actually didn't go game by game. I just kind of looked at each region and looked at the team. I like to come out. Um, but Ian, give us give us your, do you have a final four for us? I do. How you want to, you, you want to go region by region? Sure, let's do it. All right. So in the South. Come on, y'all. Come on. The Ohio State Buckeyes uh, are coming out. Uh, um, it will be well fought. It will be storied. Uh, but ultimately, they will prevail. Um, I got the Bucks. Can I um, give you my first hot take? And this is not an Ohio State hater pick. Uh, I think they might actually lose that first game um, against Oral Roberts. Um, Sounds like hate to me. It's a trap no, game. The, there's a two fifteen at at least one every year, every year, um, and so it was. It's tough to pick, pick one. Um, I have them in Houston, kind of on 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 alert. Uh, but o- ORU does have the leading scoring in the country, um, yeah. and yeah, so Ace that's Smith something is, to look is, at. He's a yeah. It's he's weird in the way that yeah. he, he's very good <laughs> at scoring the ball. Uh, and in a tournament, tournament, look, I'm as a North Carolina fan, I remember the year we played Weber State and Harold the Show Arsenal just lit us up. Ne- never heard about him in the tournament time. Harold the Show Arsenal, he's good. And then I had to watch that game as Harold the Show Arsenal. <laughs> I will never forget that name for the rest of my life. Lit us up in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but in the South, I had, man, this was a tough region for me to pick. Um, I came down to the two teams that I'm looking at are Texas Tech, um, a team that's been inconsistent this year, but Chris Beard has had some really good success in the tournament in Baylor. Um, it's hard to do these brackets because you, in your mind, you know, all the number one seeds aren't going to make it at, at best one is going to make it maybe two. Um, We've got a couple years where all four made it. 2008 was the last time I think it happened. Um, that all that uh, all four. I think that might be the only time in the last like 20 years that all four made it. Um, 
which is just, when you think about it, that's crazy. But So you got to think, okay, all the number one seeds are going to make it. Who's going to be the number one seed that isn't going to make it? Um, and you're going to I'm picking between Baylor and Texas Tech. I think I think Baylor's going to come out of there. I think Baylor's going to come out. Um, they've had a really great year under the radar. Um, you mentioned the names: Davion Mitchell, Butler, um, those guys. I mean, it's it's a really deep roster, and they've been good for a while. And I think this is this might be the Baylor team to finally break through and get to that Final Four. Dope, dope. Right. Who you have in the Midwest? As we turn our attentions, um, I actually, now, I had to pick against my heart here because I would love to see Cleveland State, you know, upset, but I have Houston coming out. Um, I just think it's it's, it's overwhelming what they can do. Um, They got a good mixture of size and everything. Their defensive um, output and their their production, um, factoring in their offensive uh, the way that they create shots, the way that they shoot the three, uh, I, I think it's underwhelming. And the way that they're they're, they're going to suffocate some teams and win on on defensive merit alone. So uh, I, I had a tough time picking between them and Oklahoma State. I actually mm. went back and forth a good deal, but uh, I ultimately I landed on Houston. I think they're going to end up making it through. Yeah, I just want to also note I picked against my heart as well. North Carolina was in the South, um, but our guards are pretty inconsistent, so. That wasn't too hard. Um, so in the mid- in the Midwest, this is another tough region for me. Um, Illinois is playing as well as anybody in the country right now. That's true. Um, they really are, and but he's one number one seeds ain't gonna make it. It's just not. It's just not. Right. And if it happens, <laughs> and if it happens, it's wow. And, and Oklahoma and they, State they like to win. They like to Go win ahead. close games too. They do. They do. Um, and Oklahoma State, one of my teams to watch is in this bracket. But I'm gonna go with a little bit of a, a little bit of upset. I'm gonna go with Tennessee coming out of the Midwest. Uh, they've got a lot of pros on that team. Rick Barnes has been recruiting and getting guys there playing really well. Um, so I think Tennessee, the volunteers, are a team that I think this is the the right environment for them to get hot at the right time. Um, but look out for Oklahoma State in this bracket, um, as well as San Diego State. Um, I think they have a, a, a really favorable matchup against Syracuse in the first round. And this San Diego State team in the past has been pesky and tough. They play good defense. They rebound. Um, that's another team to watch in the Midwest. Yikes. Well, what if we turned our attention to the East? I am very it. curious to know, Malcolm, who you got coming out of the East. Well, I went with one of my teams to watch, and it's Texas. Um I love Michigan. I really like this Michigan team, but losing Isaiah Livers pop, possibly for the entire tournament is going to be really tough for them. Um, he's just a, a really key part of what they do um, on both ends of the court. So uh, Texas, like I mentioned before, has the guards, had a great run in the Big 12 tournament, has bigs to go against bigger teams as well. Um, Shaka Smart really has his team playing well, and I think they're going to come out of this out of this region. The other team to watch um, that that I think te- people should be, pay attention to is James Booknight in UConn. Um, they became a different team when he came back from injury, um, and so I would not be surprised to see them make a run to the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight. You actually took my pick because um, <laughs> I too mm-hmm. was was really riding with Michigan, and then I mean. Yeah, it's just really hard to overcome um, yeah. injury like that. So, uh, 
I was thinking checking down to Texas, but Florida State is intriguing yeah, to me for a man. number of reasons. Yeah. Um. And and, I, yeah, it's one of those things where it's it's not the sexy pick. Yeah. Um. But I actually slid them in here. Um. Got to watch a little bit of tape. I'll be frank. I'm not as familiar with them as I, I'd like to be, but mm-hmm. you see enough on both sides of the ball um, 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 that can you you can see the reason or the formula uh, that might take them a little bit further than than uh, some of these other teams. And so, if Michigan does cannot overcome, because um, uh, again, like you said, they're they're a solid team, um, and, and you know somebody might say, well, why not Alabama? Um, and I don't know. I'll be frank with you. You know, it really comes down to, to, to picking with your gut. Y'all fill out brackets. You know, at some point you're looking and everything. The X's and O's can take you so far. The great players and, and you know, things like that. At some point you're just picking. Um, and, and and between the two, uh, some of it just, you know, matchup basis and things like that. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ride with Florida State. I think that they'll be able to uh, take out UNC Greensboro and then having a follow-up matchup. Uh, Colorado will give them a run for it, but especially if they if they can make it, um, uh, if they can make it out of that matchup, I think they'll go ahead and advance. So, oddly enough, got them coming out of the East. Yeah, that Florida State team is built like a pro team. They've got six eight, six seven, six six guys in their backcourt, and they've got seven footers <laughs> at center. Yeah, yeah. Um, size and length, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. That that team is tough. We we've played that we've actually played them North Carolina played them really well this year, but they're so tough defensively because they mess with your passing lanes. Um and in a one game NCAA tournament scenario, that's hard that's hard to prep for. Um, and I picked and I picked the black coach. Shout out to Larry Hamilton. You support our black coaches? Um I supported one of our black coaches with Texas as well. Yeah. Actually, shout out to to the hairful Shaq Smart. Um <laughs> And then let's go to the West. Uh, Ian, are you gonna are you gonna shock the world here? I'm uh, don't expect it. Because <laughs> the truth of the matter is, all of us are are watching and waiting to see if any team emerges that looks like they can come close to beating Gonzaga, and I I don't see it in this this whole, this whole field. I'm so sorry. Shout out to the Bobcats, like we said a little bit earlier, um, but no. <laughs> I have I have no shock for all of you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, Gonzaga I think comes out of the West. Uh, or, yes, out of the West. Um, we we don't need to analyze that too deeply. Um, you have you have, is are they your national champion? I don't know. I don't know. I'll look forward to our, our three and one uh, national champ picks <laughs> when, when, once we get there. Um, but I think like a lot of these, you know, momentum matters. And yeah. if you if one of these other teams builds steam, if one of these players you start seeing that confidence ramp up from game to game, um, it's yeah. Th- then I think they they can they can edge out, but it'll take a lot. <laughs> I can definitely say that it'll yeah. take a lot for me to pick against Gonzaga. Yeah, um, yeah. Based on my final four picks, I think Gonzaga has a strong if. But if if my final four were to come to fruition, which would be Gonzaga playing Texas, Baylor playing Tennessee. If Texas gets past Gonzaga, I think they could win. They they will win it all. Okay. Um, but Gonzaga is, is going to be tough. They're deep. They've got veterans as well as the freshman Suggs. It's, it's going to be a tough out for them. Um, this might be the year Mark Few finally breaks through. 
Um, but let's go ahead and switch gears to the NBA, the pros, the people that are being paid legally. Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this. Uh, Joel Embiid, knee injury, could be out two weeks or, or more. Um, it looked pretty bad on tape. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, shout out to him. I'm glad that he is uh, going to be able to come back. I know a lot yeah. of people were concerned that it might be season ending. Um Real quick, do you think this changes his MVP candidacy? Or do you think a lot of what makes him MVP candidate has already been set in stone? It's tough because we're we're in this condensed year. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not and we're normally, you know, what, mid-February coming out of the All-Star break and, you know, we've got a, a, a solid eight, nine weeks left of season, then that's one thing. But if you're going to miss two, three weeks, um, and bone bruises are are, are tricky. Mm-hmm. So what could be two, three weeks could very easily end up being four weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, unfortunately, it might end up disqualifying him, especially if he comes back and there's decline. Mm. Because um, or, or he has to get work back up, which, yeah. again, Philly, their their aspirations and their focus should be playoffs at this point. And so they would be wise to take their time, but it is it is kind of tough that he'll miss out on what was pretty much a sure MVP bid. But I guess silver lining is that uh, LeBron will probably hopefully win an MVP and uh, it'll make up for the seven years that he could have won prior that y'all were just tired of LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be t- it's going to be tough. I think his candidacy will be solid. I think he could still finish second. Yeah, um, I just don't know if he's going to have enough to win it. Uh, I mean, these are these are these are a great moments to get a team rolling and get some momentum. I'll be really interested interested to see how Philly responds to this. Um, saw them dominate the Spurs um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just a real good team effort. Seeing Ben Simmons kind of free, he's really playing free right now, um, and he's not putting up huge numbers, but he just it just looks more comfortable than it has in the past with him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond. But yeah, Joel, I mean, the concern is just, is this going to linger? Is this going to be something that affects him in the playoffs? And so I think Philly will be very cautious with him bringing him back. Um, similar to what the, the Lakers are doing right now with Anthony Davis, where they just keep it kind of extending the timeline because why risk losing one of the best big men in the league um, long-term for a short-term goal? Their long-term goal is to be in the conference finals facing off against Brooklyn. And if Joel Embiid is healthy and focused as he's been this season, um, I think they have a good shot as any good yeah. as shot as anybody to do it. Yeah, man. I have. I don't know if we've talked about it, but man, shout out to Doc Rivers. Yeah, what he's been able to do and maximize, and like you said, Ben is playing free. Uh, you'll hear him talk about it. How he's he's feeling more confident and is and doing what it is that he does and doing it well. Mm-hmm. He has been a absolute terror on defense um all yeah. year long he's my front runner for for decent mm-hmm. defensive player of the year um and what T- tobias harris and how he's fit more into the role and you look at the role players shake milton's and those some of those other guys they are doc has done a, done a really great job of defining roles and maximizing what guys yeah. give him out of those and so of course we'll see you know the big thing with doc is will it translate in the playoffs but Regular season, it's it's been uh, and I guess he's gotten his due because he was what all star. Um, he was the mm-hmm. East coach, but yeah, still on this pod, I think we should uh, officially tell Glenn you're doing a great job, but yes, 
if you don't know who Glenn is, that's Doc Rivers. <laughs> um, by the way, I mean, he won, what, six rings with the Boston Celtics? Um, him and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. They won six rings, right? It was one. Oh, it was just one? It, it was uh, just Because those guys will have you thinking they were a, a mini dynasty. A dynasty? They, they yeah. ran the table. They, <laughs> they won the, one chip. They were the 2000 uh, Bird McHale pair. <laughs> they will have you thinking they played for 15 years. And they won six rings. I've never seen a one-time champ <laughs> strut like they strut. But yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to the shout out to Sixers. Hopefully they can bounce back. Other thing to look at, we are less than two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline. Um, and so it's either feast or famine with the trade deadline. Either we get all of the deals or we get, or we get uh, the Cavs trading Alonzo McKinney to the, to the, Hornets for a player to be named Layla. It's gonna be either great or really sad. Yeah, yeah, it's it is it's definitely hit or miss with um it's the most exciting league. It really truly is. And I mean, a lot of times when when the actual deadline is underwhelming, there were trades along the way that were more mm-hmm. exciting. So we got the Blake Griffin move and the, the James like, Harden. James Harden, yeah. Um but there's a lot to be said here and 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 a, and a lot to be done and I think some key moves that can still be made that'll be really interesting. Well, who are you looking at? Who are you looking at, Ian? Well, PJ Tucker is is, is mm. probably one of the most biggest key pieces that um that are looked to be on the move and that a lot of teams are inquiring about. Of course, we saw uh, we've seen his contributions over the last couple of years. Yeah. Corner three, I was going to say corner three guy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he uh, is definitely instrumental, uh, played, you know, played the five at some points for Houston last year. So I, I think that's the real appeal is that if you go small ball, he's mm-hmm. a guy that you can run out there and you can run in several uh, positions. There's some odd names of interest, like the Bucks are calling about, and it's like, what? For what? <laughs> Like what is, I don't, I don't know what the Bucks are done. I'm not high on the Bucks, but Miami is a team that I think is really intriguing mm. um, for him to be able to join uh, Brooklyn as well because apparently they have endless money, so they're just calling for a little bit of everybody. But um, no, I, I think that's a solid name to look to be on the move. He wants out of Houston. Everybody wants out of Houston, and. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, aside from John Wall, John Wall's the only guy that's like, "What? What? <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't understand the problem." I love it, Houston. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Got great, great wings. Uh, wings are great. <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, man. I think, um, but I think my my favorite landing spot for PJ Tucker might very well be the Miami Heat. Mm. That just, I mean, he he fit culturally. He just fits what they do. That yeah. defensive, that toughness, that just just that that mentality would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, I would hate to see what it. I, I feel like they would have to give up like Tyler Hero in that, and I don't know if I'm for for a one year rental of PJ Tucker. I don't know if I'm there for that. Yeah, it's, it's got to make sense, and I, I don't know if Houston's in the business of of. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. You definitely don't want to see. I mean, give up Duncan Robinson. That's maybe, shooting that you would maybe. miss. Yeah, yeah, but it's a it's a one year rental for for PJ Tucker. He's a free agent this year, and he's like 30, 34, 35. I mean, that's it's a tough. He wants money because he's taking less money. So I, man, yeah, that's gonna be tough. 
That's going to be tough. Other name to watch is obviously is Victor Oladipo. What? Another guy from Houston who wants out? Um, <laughs> uh, still showed some really good scoring ability, still versatile de- defensively, and I f- feel like in a, in a much better situation he could be um, a really good pickup for a team like um, Philly or Miami. Um, maybe an up-and-coming team. Maybe the Knicks want to get in and add a guy on the perimeter who could really help push them a little bit. Um, he's, I think he's really going to be a hot commodity. Um, and Houston, as we said, they're going to be sellers. They're going to be sellers trying to get draft picks, trying to get assets to rebuild this team. Um, any any spots you like, like Via? Um, it's a very interesting question. I, it depends on. And I'm gonna say this, and I know it's odd, um, but if the Cavs end up dealing Andre Drummond, mm. then not Cleveland. But if they if if they cannot move him and they have to continue the course, you know, to look for, you know, one of those fringe playoff spots since they seem intent on doing that and not building and getting picks, um, then you might as well add a guy who uh not the the thing is he's rental too, right? Yeah. Right. Um and also injury prone. So you kind of mm-hmm. gotta factor those things in. But um that would be an intriguing lineup, I'll say. Kevin Love is back, Andre Drummond, Victor Oladipo, Colin Sexton, if you're able to, you know, hold on to him and swing that. I think there's some interesting things that they that 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 core of players and the surrounding cast, they probably have to give up JD Osmond and some of those other guys. Um which most people they're not mourning the loss of, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason that that comes to mind. That's a little bit interesting. But if we're looking for something that's a little bit more high profile and for a team that's an actual contender, um, or if a team that's on the fringe, uh, I don't know. You might have to give me a second. Golden State comes to mind. That would be um, interesting. It would be really different um, and questionable somewhat because you know you got Clay coming back, but but well he's a free agent once again. What's that? I said he is a free agent this coming up yeah. this offseason. Yep. Um, yep. And I just watched them play against the Lakers last night, and it was, whew, it was rough. And this is not this is not your mom's Lakers. They're missing some guys. <laughs> They're missing the Great. goat Alex Caruso. They're missing Mark Gasol. They're missing Anthony Davis. Um, and, and the Lakers made it look pretty easy. LeBron had a triple double, um, and only played 30 minutes. Uh, so they need some help. And it's, we talked about it earlier. This is prime Steph we're getting right now. This is, this is top level Steph still. And so you, you want to try to get him in the playoffs and hope that you can make a little, little mini run, but man, that would be interesting. They do need another score. That's for sure. Yeah. Raptors are another team that comes to mind mm. on the fringe in the East. Uh, but you inject the Oladipo there and give them some more scoring punch. And he's not a shabby defender either. He's not great, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you know that, that could be interesting. They could easily move in on some of these teams. Um, the Pacers, you know, they they could they can make a move on them pretty pretty easily. So. Even though they got Karis back, shout out to Karis um, Levert. Shout out to Karis Levert coming back from cancer, um, playing for the for the uh, Indiana Pacers. Hopefully, he can uh, help them a little bit. I know they need some help. Strong stuff. Um, I'm really disappointed to hear that you're breaking breaking up Sexland to bring in Victor Oladipo to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
I'll do anything to break up Sexland. So. <laughs> Welcome to the land, Sexland. Yeah. Um, new big, the new big three, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, and Andre Drummond. If this was 2015, that team would be really good. Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and Andre yeah. Drummond is getting paid to stay home. So <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, all right, let's switch gears to the NFL offseason. Um, no surprise with this first piece of news, but we want to get it off, get it done off the top. Uh, Drew Brees retiring from the NFL. Uh, we did a little postmortem um, at the end of the season when they lost. It seemed like it was going to be his last year. Keith famously loves Drew Brees. I know he's really hurt by this. I wish we had recorded his previous take so we could just insert it here. Um, but it looks like they're going to go with Jameis Winston. Um, signed him to a one-year, $10 million deal. Um, he was obviously there last year. Um, hopefully he has learned a lot about which team to throw the ball to. And uh, <laughs> how do you think no Drew Brees changes the trajectory of this team? One interesting plot twist just be that Jameis Winston is colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> so all this time, he just, he just had you trouble just distinguishing. They, they, just, they just look so much alike, coach. You just see him um, squinting like, Mike, I thought that was you. That's not – oh, that's that's on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, moving forward, I mean, if if you t- if you look at the indicators, um, that Taysom Hill, that massive but yet meaningless contract that they, they signed him to uh, – <laughs> I don't know what the trajectory is. I don't know if Sean Payton knows. I don't know if he's just really kind of trying to get a pulse for how these guys might lead. Um, and Jameis Winston is is forever the question mark, and he's he's one more experiment away from being um, Jamarcus playing Wilson for the Cleveland West. Cavaliers for the yeah, Cleveland <laughs> pretty Browns. <laughs> pretty, pretty. I mean, well, wait, nah, don't don't bring that over here. We. we <laughs> But he's he's one more failed experiment away from being from being Jamarcus Russell Bluss. Um, And you're saying he's he's one more failed experiment for being a thirty for thirty. Probably, probably between what was it the crab legs and crab legs eating the W, right? But yeah, I, I. is you can't replace Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to organizationally shift. You have to somewhat adjust philosophies uh, because you're not going to get that production. You're not going to get that. We were talking about a legend of a quarterback, which, um, yeah, and I I wish Keith was here just to shower him with adoration again, like you said. <laughs> but um, so if the direction is changing that they're going in, then Taysom makes sense. Um, Trying to yeah, trying to slot in Jameis Winston where Drew Brees was is just a bad idea. I, th- mm. I think is is. Luckily, you have an Alvin Kamara. Luckily, you have the structure there that you can you can you can shift the balance of the offense to be more run heavy. You can you know you can you can incorporate some some other things. And honestly, at this point, we we trust Sean Payton mm-hmm. to be able to figure out what to do. But uh, but that's interesting. They kind of got highlighted two different directions that they can do. Taysom Hill, is he a tight end? Is he a quarterback? We don't know still. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. Do you, you think Jameis is, is a lock for that job? 
I, I mean, I think this is a guy that they want to be a starter. I mean, but Taysom is going to obviously have a role on this team. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw it in the time that Drew Brees was out. He was the starter um, mm-hmm. and played, I think, surprising to most of us, uh, surprisingly well. So um, I think what Jay's winning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, their defense is really good and they have good players around him. Um, but he did put together a game plan that worked. And so I, th- I, I definitely think Taysom Hill will have a role. We'll see him. Um, in a similar role he had. and But what Jameis Winston brings that Drew Brees just hasn't been able to do is that downfield threat. This team has not been a downfield, down-the-field passing game team in a while. And so if we know anything about Jameis Winston, he has that arm talent. He's When he has a clean pocket, um, he's going to be able to get the, push the ball down the field. So um, that's an aspect to this offense. I know that, that Sean Payton and those guys have to be excited about bringing back into, the, into this team. Um, it, now they, they do have a, a hole to fill because they did release and cut, um, Emmanuel Sanders, um, mm-hmm. which was a big pickup for them, for them last year. It, they're in a, in a big, uh, obviously we talked about last week, a big salary cap hole that they had to, had to kind of fix. Um, yeah. but like you said, they have talent around, around Jameis. They've got Alvin Kamara, they've got Michael Thomas, um, you know, and they're going to make some moves on the fringes. So, um, I think it's just going to be about managing expectations. He's not Drew Brees. Let's. I know this is a shock to a lot of you, but James Winston is not Drew Brees. Um, and so I think they're going to tailor an offense that that works for him. And then um, there's going to be a package and possibly even a moment where Taysom, him, Taysom Hill is going to feel like the guy for this team. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what Sean Payton does. He's going to have to be very curated, creative with how he uses both of these guys. And I hope, my hope is that James Winston has learned something in these last this last year sitting behind Drew Brees and working with Sean Payton so that he can be successful because he has all the talent in the world to do it. I just hope he can pull it off there in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, um, other big free agent news. The New England Patriots is spending. All of the coin. They are spending. They If, if they lose next year, it won't because they didn't spend any money in free agency. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it started off re-signing Cam Newton, which surprised a lot of people, I think. I think people thought, you know, it was a good little one-year experiment. Let's uh, go ahead and move on and get the next guy. But they, they brought him back on another one-year deal. Uh, but then they just continued to keep writing checks. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> picking up Matt Judon from the Ravens. Um, Jadu Smith was kind of a surprise from going from Tennessee, um, tight end from Tennessee going to New England. Um, other names they brought in Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver for the 49ers, man, solid, solid wide receiver for us. Sorry to see him go. That's a good pickup for them. And then Nelson Aguilar, who that, that one came in late yesterday, um, had a great year last year with, with the Raiders after a, a rough couple of years in Philly. Um, and then they traded, traded back for Trent Brown from the Raiders mm-hmm. as well. Um, Looking at these moves, I mean, and, and there's more. There's Jalen Mills. There's um, Davon Godot. Uh, and then there's going to be more. There's other offensive linemen that I just don't know that they also signed. Yeah. Um, New England, are they putting themselves back into playoff status and uh, AFC East contending status with some of these moves? You think about it. I mean, they lose Brady. They... um. Well, Edelman was shell of himself and mm-hmm. injured. Um, all of these challenges, 
They are predictable on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Newton did not have a great year throwing the ball because he had nobody to throw to. Mm-hmm. He was throwing to my cousin Ray, mm-hmm. and you know, just local <laughs> local sportscasters are like running <laughs> out on the field, running routes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was just weird. A lot of white wide finished... receivers in New England, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Malcolm, they, they finished seven and nine. Yeah. Somehow, in the midst of all of that, and then you look at them going out spending this money most that New England's ever spent in the off season, mm-hmm. um, and reportedly they're nowhere near done. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, some report was from a, a front office member that had that to say. I just look at it; they made very key investments yeah. in these groups. Uh, very key investments in these groups they made, and and looking at them moving forward. They're stronger all across the board. Even even yeah. early on, uh, John New Smith and, and like you mentioned, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Cam Newton's job and his life is that much easier already. <laughs> and yeah, you know, normally we've seen the model of New England approaching things, building through the draft with abstract guys. You know, they just bring them in, do things the Patriot way. We're seeing a new Patriot way. The new mm. Patriot way is come get this cash and, <laughs> and bring what you already do to the table because we've got the structure. Now we just need the talent. Um, brilliance, honestly. Um, and, and why wait? Why hesitate? Why not come out the gate and do what it is that you know you need to do? So, yeah, man, I'm intrigued. GM Bill is uh, is, is busy. Look, Bill said I gave y'all one year. <laughs> right, I, gave, right. I gave y'all one year. To to beat us up, to do to say whatever y'all wanted to say, and now I'm coming back because the other the two other free agent pickups we haven't talked about are two guys that opted out last year, and that's Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, um, mm. two more elite defensive players um, that they'll add back to this team. This this team is going is going to be very tough next year, yep. very tough. Um, you give Cam Newton as we've seen in 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 Carolina, you give him decent wide receivers he doesn't even need great wide receivers you give him he didn't have decent wide receivers he had wide receivers you never heard of bunch of white guys just throwing things together but you give him a guy like nelson aguilar who had a great year who's a vertical finally a vertical threat in new england um kedrick Bourne. i'm i'm really sorry to see him go not a flashy guy but just a solid all-around receiver for you um and then this defense Bill Belichick, when his teams have been really successful, have been built on defense. Um, and so this defense is going to be tough again. Um, and I I fully expect this team to be in the playoffs and really be complete competing hard. I'm really – the other big question is, is Cam Newton the starter for next year? We've heard there's no guarantees that he's the starter. There's rumblings that they really want to bring back Jimmy G. Um, does Jimmy G fit – with this Patriots team, is he the right quarterback? Absolutely. Um, mm. I think he is. Kyle Shanahan is what ambitious in his play calling. You know, um, he wants to try different things. He's mad scientist in the same breath of conversation as Deshaun McVay's. Um, once upon a time, Adam. G- <laughs> I'm not even going to say Um, But I I think what San Francisco may have come to find is that he's not the right guy to lead 
to lead them in the type of offense that they want to run. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not maybe the 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 malleable and easily adjustable kind of quarterback. Silently, I wonder how Russell Wilson would fare in Sanford. I know it's not gonna happen, but I just you know I just oh wanted my to God. allow myself the the the, the thought <laughs> experience. Seattle, Seattle fans. Could you would, imagine? They would burn the stadium to the ground. Could you imagine? <laughs> um, but I, I think Jimmy G is the typical boring, but mm. um, but very. I think he's a, he's a guy that Bill Belichick can get his thumb on. Mm-hmm. And and get him to do what it is that he and frankly, what are we talking about? Replace what Brady did. Mm, yeah, I mean, and Cam was great for what it is that he brought to the team, and it, it's intriguing that they brought him back. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. um, but I, I they want a guy that can bring what Brady brought, and I think Jimmy G fits that mold. You surround him in the system with guys that, again, buy if everybody gets buy in, which Bill is going to get. He's going mm-hmm. to get you to buy in. I think Jimmy G is perfect for the situation that they have now. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'll be interested. I mean, what do the 49ers ask for if you're if you're to come and knock it for Jimmy G is the question. There, there's got to be a third team involved because what they're not going to do is straight Jimmy G and not have a backup plan already in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, from all for all intents and purposes, it looks like the Patriots. Plan A is to get GBG back, which yeah. why the signing of Kim was so interesting. But that's really for them. It's really predicated on San Francisco having another option um, for their quarterback position because this is a team like we've talked about is ready to win now. Um, and so to waste a year without a starting a real starting quarterback would be unconscionable. Um, so yeah, um, I still would love to see Cam with this new remade roster. Um, you know, didn't play great last year. Had the <clears throat> had the COVID issue um, early or in around midseason, I guess. And so kind of after that, he wasn't quite the same. Um, so I'd love to see him with a, a, a full roster that, that Bill and Josh can play with to get to kind of maximize. But Jimmy Garoppolo to the Pats seems to be gaining some steam. Um, some other free agency news, the, the Bucks are just bringing the band back together. I mean, they, they've, they did some restructuring of deals, and they were able to bring back Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin on the franchise tag, and then re-signing Gronk to a one-year deal, who said this week that he wants to be a free agent every year. So it's just going to be a bunch of LeBron James one-year contracts for the rest of his life. I love it. <laughs> I just, you, you got to love it. <laughs> um, still waiting to see, hear about Antonio Brown and Dominican Sue. Um, and we know they're going to be Oh, Leonard Fournette, um, some names yeah. as well to see if they bring back, if they fully bring the band back together. Um, I mean, does this solidify them as as a, a, a favorite to come out of the NFC? Yeah, I if mean, that was, our, that was our whole thing. How much of their core would they be able to hold on to? Um, and I, I honestly, uh, for what it is that they lost, I think you can you can find you can find enough to to compensate for a lot of it. So mm-hmm. yes, um, this this is this is them. I'll be, I don't know how they're making this money work. I got to be honest with you, and still in pursuit for Leonard Fournette. Um, although him in Seattle would be interesting, um, since they or, or Keith cover your ears Pittsburgh. 
I don't even want to consider that. Um, <laughs> goodness gracious, having to deal with that uh, time and time again. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I Tampa Bay, they, they're set up to repeat. Straight up. As soon as Tom says he's back in, I, 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 that's the first domino that really needs to fall. And um, they, they were able to get that done in good timing. And, and I think he made an adjustment. Did he adjust his contract? Yeah, he so did that restructure. They have mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he yep. definitely I, – something catastrophic would have to happen for me to not have them coming out of that conference. Yeah. And speaking of NFC contenders um... – World MVP Aaron Jones re-signed with the Green Green Bay Packers. Uh, Four years, 48 mil. I think that's a a big pickup for them. I know Keith is silently crying if he was here. He'd be so upset that the Cardinals did not sign him um, because everyone needs a running back, apparently. Uh, But, yeah, Aaron Jones going back, that's a big big get for for Green Bay. I honestly wasn't sure if they're going to be able to bring him back. Um, And it seems like a pretty reasonable deal. they didn't go the you know Zeke Elliott route or uh, any number of routes for guys running backs that get paid and then fall off. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of plays out the rest of this contract because the history of paying running backs recently has not been good. Yeah, I mean, and it, that kind of brings me to to get to thinking: who are the best available names mm. that are still in the market? And some of the landing spots for him. I just want to toss out a couple. All right. Mm. All right. First and foremost, I have to do it. I'm contractually obligated here on the three and one podcast to find ways to make Cleveland better. I oh, think. Um, and, and they did make a free agent signing and really improved the secondary. Thank you, goodness. Um, that they're Johnson turning some focus um in that direction. I actually yeah. think, though it may not, especially if Odell is is in the plans to move. I think the Browns make a run at Kenny Galladay. Oh. Um, partnering him, who was a much more versatile receiver than a Jarvis Landry. They they just kind of have different styles of catching the ball. Um, now, and believing that Baker will not have the same syndrome that he had with Odell as far as, you know, forcing it there. But I think that that would add some dynamics to that offense that would be really, really, really fun. Um, and Hunter Henry, I, I – Is he going to the Browns, name. too? What's that? Is he going to the Browns, too? No. Um, <laughs> I actually – I just have a, I have a hard time seeing him leave the Chargers. I just feel like mm. I really want Justin Herbert to be able to have a chance to run it back with that offense, so – I don't know if they're pursuing re-signing him. I know not a lot of teams are interested. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Any other free agent names that you're looking at that you're really, really, really wanting to see where they land? Or are you more so looking at teams to see what they add? Teams are interesting. I mean, um, what the Raiders do to, to upgrade their their defense, they they did sign Yannick Ngakwe. Yes, they did. Um, was it, you know, or got traded to um, Baltimore. Really didn't show a whole bunch there, but – um, was a guy that was on a trajectory to be a really good player. So hopefully he can do some things. They, they definitely need a, some impact defensive players. Um, still have a lot of a lot of room in this quarterback carousel to move around. Uh, Sam Darnold, another name to watch. I mean, the Jets are another team that has a lot of money. They signed Corey Davis, a wide receiver uh, from Tennessee, former That's top big. five pick. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Um, and so whoever the quarterback is there is going to have some, it's going to have a nice weapon um, to add to their arsenal. Um, and then we still haven't really seen the Jaguars do anything with their money yet. Um, and so there's quite a few names still out there. Uh, Patrick Peterson is another name to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, not what he was, but still a, a, a very good corner that I think in the right situation could help a team. Um, and then seeing what uh, what Arizona continues to do. Um, you know, they brought in J.J. Watt, um, and this team started off pretty hot last year, fell off late. And so they're going to be counting a lot on the development of Kyler Murray, but I think they're also going to try to surround him with some more talent, particularly on that defense, getting some more impact defensive players um, in a division that's, once again, is going to be really tough division, especially with Matthew Stafford coming into that division. Assuming Russell Wilson stays there, 49ers are going to be healthier this year. Um, So I think that's those those are the kind of the teams to watch and and situations to watch um, in the rest of this offseason. But we're only day one. Uh, I'm sure after after this uh, after this podcast goes comes out, there'll be some big news that we missed that we didn't get to talk (laughs) about. Um, You know, and. you know, be in the comments. I, you guys didn't even touch guys, on the guys didn't even talk about uh Russell Wilson getting traded to the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky signing with the with the 49ers. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke you guys are. Um that'd be crazy if we just predicted something that actually happened. Um so yeah, that's 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 where we'll stop today. We got a lot more offseason to talk. We'll have NCAA tournament next week. Um, hopefully some NBA trades. And then, and then of course, NFL free agency is going to be in full swing by the time we record next week. But Ian, before we leave the folks, let's, let's do our parting words. Ian, give us your parting words for today. So I've got a couple. Um, first and foremost, <laughs> I'm going to start with uh, something that's just going on that if I leave it alone, uh, Malcolm's going to criticize me heavily for it. But I do want to shout out uh, my parents who celebrated their <laughs> wedding anniversary this past week. Um like to give you all a little bit of insight, you know, behind the scenes into, into my life. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to them. They are in year 36 of holy matrimony, um, which is a long time. Forever is a long time, but 36 is also a long time as well. So shout out to them. Um, also, want to continue to give shout out to uh, uh, to the Phoenix Suns. Um, they are quietly what it is that I thought they would be. Um, I thought they would be a contender. And, and, shout out and to Denny Green. You said shout out to who? Shout out to Denny Green. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, Monty Williams. Um, I'm glad to see, you know, we, we do these pregame check-ins. Um, where we're talking about, you know, projections and what it is that we think the teams are going to do. The Chris Paul trade was a big shakeup, but Chris Paul has proven to be what it is that we thought he would be. But ultimately, you've got to give credit to Monty Williams for being able to balance a new um, and and possibly um, a Hall of Fame co- um, uh, point guard coming in and managing the personalities of these young guys, getting them to mesh and getting them to buy in and ultimately um, um, build some success. And so, Phoenix right now sitting at number two in the West. I projected that they'll overtake the Jazz, but don't forget that there's a black man at the helm holding it down. Monty's been through a lot, so uh, so yeah, we shout out. We're happy for him. It's 
good to see that you were prepared for uh, our parting words today, Ian. Oh, no problem. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest, Ian, I thought you were going to give us another women's uh, appreciation post. <laughs> it, felt like it, it felt like it was coming, but... <laughs> Not this time. Uh, my parting words are going to go to friend of the show, our so far only guest we've ever had, Adetunji Adedipe and the Lakeland Magic, who won the G League Championship yeah. this year. Um, you know, they're the the Orlando Magic have had a had a rough season. Um, Markel Fultz signed his deal; he got injured. Jonathan Isaac still hasn't come back from his injury. Cole Anthony, their first round pick, just got injured. <laughs> Um, so it's been a little bit of a rough year for them, but shout out to the Lakeland Magic winning the G League championship. Hopefully we can have Tunji on here to talk about his G League experience and what it was like playing in the gubble. Um, and shout out to, shout out to our boy Tunji, man, assistant GM of the Lakeland Magic, who are G League champions. Chance, baby. Give that, give that man a ring. Um, well, that's it. That is this week's episode of the 3-in-1 podcast from... Cleveland, Ohio. Give it up for Interna- International Ian Lamont Morgan. Cleveland State. Cleveland State. And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. They call him the Black Diddy because can't stop, won't stop. This has been the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>